0: Welcome to Inspired Edinburgh, powerful conversations helping you reconnect with your purpose. I'm Elliot Reeves, and my guest today is Laura Kate Thompson. Laura Kate is founder of Blondylocks Porridge, No Rules. Porridge has been a major part of your own personal health journey, and you're stirring up the porridge game with your range now stocked in Hanover Health Foods and Yanderees. You've worked as a journalist and blogger with a variety of print and online publications including The Sunday Mail, Word is Cheap and Skiddle. You've worked as a presenter and music editor at uh, Verve magazine in addition to various roles at brands such as MTV, Kiss FM and Rival Music Group. Laura Kate, it's an absolute pleasure to have you here. Welcome to the Thank show.
1: You. It's so nice hearing all that back. It's so funny. Yeah. It's like reading me my CV. It's like yeah, wow. <laughs> yeah.
0: That's pretty much yeah. It was just your, your LinkedIn profile. I know. I haven't heard it in uh,
1: so long. Really? That's so funny. Yeah. <laughs>
0: that's great it's great so it's great yeah genuinely to have you here I'm really looking yeah. forward to this
1: Me too. And
0: uh, yeah so let's kick things off so ah. I suppose if you want to start by telling us about you know your, your background and where you grew up what you were I suppose like as a youngster
1: oh god okay <laughs> So um, well I was born in England um, okay. and I moved up to Edinburgh when I was about 10 11 dad's job moved up here um, and went to school always hated school <laughs> always. I, I loved it at primary school um, and then I moved up here I think when secondary school hit. I know I never liked being told what to do from day one. Yeah, always. No rules. Um, oh, no rules, that's it. That's where it comes from. I just don't like rules. I just don't do rules and yeah. um, I think whatever school anywhere in the world I've probably gone to I would have not liked but I got sent to an all-girls school up here Okay. Um, and it, yeah I just I felt trapped. I just remember feeling trapped um, always f- at school, and I knew it was weird. I've always been a very strong-minded, driven person. Um, direction was not clear. I didn't know what it was. I was always very creative. Mm-hmm. always knew I wanted to create something. I loved art, I loved drama, um, and yeah, and school was a, it was a struggle for me. It was a real, real, real struggle battle. I like, had good friends, Like friends weren't an issue. I've always, I'm a sociable person, and mm-hmm. I'm, I love meeting people and making friends, but I wasn't happy, um, and yeah, I just wasn't. And on my 16th birthday, um, I left. I Literally, on my <laughs> 16th birthday, I went in, I said, right, I'm going, see ya. And I, I mean, everyone who went to my school, it was the norm to go to university, and I always knew. Because everyone's going, I do not want to go. Like, that's how I've always done things. Like, I've got a re- very rebellious spirit, and if someone tells me, do something, I'll do the opposite. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And yeah, I I didn't know what I wanted to do then. I was very interested in in drama, actually, um, Mm -hmm. and acting, presenting, journalism, that side of things. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think I just like to express, I was looking for something to express myself because thinking about it now, I would never want to be an actor or anything like that. It's just, (laughs) it's so funny, but it was obviously something I could express myself um, within. So I was really interested in that and then when I was sixteen, when I left school, I looked at something down south, and it was like a theatre and um, drama course and presenting combined. And I thought, mm-hmm. like, oh, that looks great. So I was I think just before I was seventeen, moved down on my own um, outside of London, and did that. Lived on my own. That was um, that was a big thing. Thinking about it now, I think God, I was like, yeah, sixteen when I um, when I moved out and um, upped and left, and and yeah, and I did that for the year. I loved it. Um, but I think I figured out I didn't want to do acting. Um, mm-hmm. But it was great for confidence. Like anyone, everyone should do acting. Like even if you, you're rubbish at it and like you don't like it, it's just such a ballsy thing to do. Yeah. Um, and I'm drawn to things that make me crap my pants basically, <laughs> to be honest with you. Um, and yeah, it really helped me as a person. Um, so I did that. Um, and then after that, I knew I didn't want to do anything in drama but i was interested in presenting okay. um, and journalism I, I do i like to communicate stuff and i love music i love entertainment um so i was like right i look into presenting so i left the course after completing it for the year
0: and, and if i can sorry yeah. just ask you there like what are some of the things that you learned from the course what Ooh. were some of the main things that yeah you, um, you, your takeaways
1: As in, like, personally?
0: Yeah, or even just in terms of, you said um, it sort of helped with confidence, like, in in what sense?
1: I mean, I've always been quite confident. I've always had a confidence in me. Um, So, and I've always believed in myself and, like, known that I could do whatever I wanted to do. And I think, to be fair, that also comes from my parents, who are very supportive. Mm. But... My parents aren't, um, like, I've always been very driven. They're not driven, they're very r- lovely people who've shown me nothing, given me nothing but support, and I've always had this fire in me, hmm. um, and that fire has helped me, and I don't know where that comes from. I was honestly, I've had it since I was a kid, this burning fire, a belief in myself that I can just do it, <laughs> um, and it's just something that I live by and just hopefully, I feel like everyone should have that, I really do. Mm-hmm. Um, But in terms of confidence, I suppose, um, yeah, it made me believe even more of, right, I can live on my own. I can do this. I can do anything. I can stand up in front of um, a room of these random people and act, even though I might not be very good. Um, Mm -hmm. It also allowed me to kind of tick off things in your head when you're growing up. Okay, I don't want to do that. I do want to do that. I like these kind of people. Like, I mix with a lot of different people than I was at school with. Mm And I've loved that. I love to meet new people um, and different kinds of people. And when I was in Edinburgh and when I went to school here, it was very, um, very much a similar type of people. And I think I felt, um, I'm quite creative, I suppose quirky, individual and I like quirky people and people maybe think like me and I wasn't surrounded by that and it was frustrating mm, mm-hmm. yeah
0: that's really interesting
1: um,
0: <laughs> yeah sorry I kind of derailed you so yeah <laughs> I get so derailed <laughs> <laughs> we were at the point that you were leaving uh, the acting course that was it and then moving into your so, career I
1: guess. oh yeah you're asking me what I learned so yeah just um I suppose being on my own independent mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. um new different people and uh, being around people that um thought that made me think, oh, wow, this isn't, ab- I'm not abnormal. Because I think <laughs> I felt really abnormal in school, thinking I want to do things differently. And That's what I really learned, that I was on this path, which was, wasn't as abnormal as I thought, <laughs> um, because it was abnormal leaving school at 16. And um, just what I did compared to what everyone else did for when I grew up, that was mm. kind of abnormal. And that, I felt misunderstood, I think. So I think I started to feel a bit more in my own kind of, get my own groove and feel like other people were on that bandwagon too.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, and then I, I ha- what did I do? I applied for this radio presenting day course, which I won. I won, a, um, it was a competition to basically go to a radio station, it was KISS FM, for the day, and learn all about how radio presenters, the radio producers, basically how that works. And that for me was the start of my media journey. So I went there, I loved it. Um, It fascinated me how all these different, um, you know, the the producers made these shows, how the show was aired, it was all music related. um, And I'm just such a music fan. I just, I can't even tell you how much I love music. I know everyone (laughs) does, but I just do. It's like, it's like my life. I just, um, oh, that sounds really cringe, doesn't it? Music (laughs) is my life, but I just love it, honestly. and I, we basically had loads of talks from different people within radio and the industry that day. And one of the talks was by a social media man who is one of my bestest friends now. And he's called <laughs> Andrew Davis. And he basically ran a social media um, agency. And I remember he did this talk about how important social media was. And this was in, I think. I remember we were getting confused by um years earlier mm-hmm. but this was the the boom of social media and Twitter, so yeah. what was this like? um I think about six years ago, maybe five six years ago when it was getting really hot and how important it was for businesses yes. brands to use social media mm-hmm. and he um spoke all about it and he can what um engaged me so much is he spoke and um connected stories like he he had worked in from myspace when it launched cool. and one extra um and he connected um, social media to like to stories of entertainment, and he just the way he told a story, I was like, wow, this guy is so interesting, I, I wanna learn about social media, because I didn't know about it, mm-hmm. and I thought, he made me realize social media is key to everything, and that is my love of social media, and <laughs> it's down to him. So he basically took this um, class, and all I remember was I was that girl at the back being like, excuse me, I want to ask questions. Excuse me, excuse me. And I, at the end of it, I said to him, loved your talk. Can I have your details? I pestered him. Um, pestered him. I was like, can I do anything for you? Because I knew, I basically Googled him after and found that he ran a social media company. So I was like, right, I want to intern. I want to help. I, I didn't know what the hell I was doing thinking about it or, you know, why I wanted to pester him. But he he really got me engaged. Um mm-hmm and I was very interested in that stage as well, at presenting, and I knew he knew a lot of people because he worked with producers, so I just started to pester him in email, and said, what can I do for you? Can I help you? Um, and I did, I started basically, he, he was my mentor. He was my first mentor, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> and I, we yeah, we um, worked on his um, business, I did the marketing, and he taught me all about social media, he would, um, basically go to businesses and um, brands like like MTV, um, mm-hmm. like, um, what was the other one, I have to get back to you on that because <laughs> I can't think right now, but, um, and he would go to do talks there and say this is how you use social media um, for your brand, and I learned all about how to use social media from him, um, and marketing, and um, and yeah, and that was the start of my media, journey really and from there i he got me a placement within kiss fm Mm um mtv i have him to thank for so much um and started doing journalism from that as well just blagged my way in (laughs) pester people (laughs) and i just was trying all sorts and was doing presenting for magazines um, interviewing like music people and from that it led into music journalism mm-hmm. which made sense because my passion is so within music um, and I really believe that if you're passionate about something even if you don't have the, because obviously I don't have the academic skills you know I'm not a journalist, I didn't go to university
2: mm-hmm.
1: it was my gob that got me <laughs> um, this doing journalism and I feel like if you're passionate you can make yourself that's where talent comes from, it's passion. Um, don't get me wrong, I understand you've got to, um, you know, maybe have, some people are naturally gifted, um, for instance, at writing, but if there's no passion within that, yeah. it's rubbish. People uh-huh. can see, people are not fickle, they can see passion, and passion shines. Um, and I really enjoyed that, um, and yeah, and did my kind of um, whereabouts within the industry, doing loads of various bits and bobs, um, trying to create something and it was very hard Um i mean i've always worked freelance i guess mm-hmm. um, and from then i worked i was very interested in, after the music journalism in doing more within the music industry like agency management um, booking agency how that side of stuff worked fascinated me so i and um, started working, I'm trying to remember in order the things that I've done, like it's been so scattered. Yeah. Um,
0: Has there been a reason for that?
1: I think that's partly me, because I, I didn't have the direction, I went from so many various things. It was like we were talking about earlier, the shiny object syndrome, <laughs> yeah. and I knew I loved media, I knew I loved... Um, doing things in the entertainment, music, um, presenting radio, TV, it, I mean, it all intertwines. Yes. And even yeah, with like social media and stuff, um, it, it's such a, it was like a, a small pool and i got gotten a wee bit in there. So I was kind of trying to utilize everything.
2: Mm-hmm. And because
1: <laughs> I was freelancing, I mean, I had to just be so open. And I'm a very open person. And I think that that was a good thing I do think that made it harder because I didn't I wasn't just pursuing one thing and I was trying to grab onto every single thing that I could do. Yeah. Um, and I was still trying to find out my passion within that and what I was really good at and what I wanted to do. I'm mm-hmm. thinking about it now, oh, I was yeah, I was like a little pit bull in headlights. <laughs> and that's how one of my friends described me. I think Andrew <laughs> said that to me. I think he was like, Laura, you're like a pit bull and headlights. You're just like, oh and I'm just I was and I was figuring out oh my God, maybe I should do this, and then create something from that.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: I always knew I wanted my own business, always. Um, And to create something that was mine. I always wanted um, the freedom to do that, and I always knew I could. Mm -hmm. I had no clue how, what, when, when, where. And um, I think that a lot, I was very, it was frustrating um, as much as freelancing I had the freedom to do it and had the support from my parents, which I'm so lucky and thankful for. It also caused me stress, well, I caused myself stress, yeah. trying to put pressure. I was I put so much pressure on myself thinking about it. Um, you know, Laura, this has to be right. If you go down this route, you have to create something from that. And, you know, a lot of the times it didn't work and there was a lot of times within working in journalism where You know there's a lot of people in music and journalism and in media who um who try and make these interns and everyone just work for peanuts and also the they're quite naughty and don't um don't pay Um, Mm and you get you get um i'm trying to think of the word which is not the word that's in my head (laughs) um over and um, you get messed about, okay, like exploited. I guess, <laughs> <is> exploited <it? laughs> that's a better word. I was thinking of a swear word, um, exploited. Okay. And yeah, I got, um, I had a lot of, I guess, knockbacks. Um, and my skin from when I was young has had to become very thick. And a lot mm-hmm. of people, um, what we all have to go through if you work freelance, messed about mm. a hell of a lot and taken for granted. um not taken for granted, that's not the right word. Um I expose um lying a lot of lying goes on um Mm. and um flakiness Mm -hmm. and i am a really unflaky person well i like to think so and because i really don't like that i think i like honesty Mm -hmm. and lots of dishonesty and that um i did used to take that very badly thinking about it and and things that would happen things that wouldn't i was writing for magazine and um i remember one and i wasn't being paid. But I kept going because I loved it so much. Mm -hmm. But thinking about it now, you know, I got taken for such a ride. I'm so (laughs) angry that I let myself do that. But because I loved it so much and I've always um, luckily loved what I've done. So, um, you know, if I hadn't, I would be like, see you. But that's caused me, um, yeah, a lot of knockbacks. Um, And I've had a lot of um, things like that. But I've always had this drive to just keep go, pick myself up. Um I can I'm talking to you about like burnouts as well. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um within freelancing. Yes. And yeah, and then I mean, I've done the office work as well within that. I um went to a music agency and worked there for a bit. Whenever I used to go back to working in an office environment, I became so depressed.
2: Hmm.
1: Um it just I felt trapped. Mm-hmm. Um I felt like my creativity was squished, yeah that's exactly yeah. what I felt like <laughs> yeah. honestly, and um, it's weird, um, yeah, and I did that, and then I would go back to freelancing. And freelancing was so hard to you know make money, yeah. um, but I, I loved it, but then it, when I was younger, I just put so much pressure that the pressure kind of overtook the happiness of what I was doing, whereas now. As I'm getting older, I think, I mean, I I am quite someone who puts a lot of pressure on myself, but I'm trying not to and enjoy stuff a lot more. Mm -hmm. Um, And I've always gone for it. And I remember I got an opportunity to go to um, Holland um, and work in music. I went to work at a music agency there. Um, And I did that, and it was a fantastic experience. Like, literally the best. I knew no one. didn't speak the (laughs) language. It was the most like it wasn't scary because I just I thrived off that. I thrive off doing things that I suppose other people are just like oh my god that's a bit like mad but I yeah I loved I learned so much about um I suppose about myself um well no actually it just made me think oh my god I can do anything go anywhere I'm, I'm just gonna do it um and I loved working in the music industry it was pretty um is pretty fickle and pretty hard, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of people who aren't the most loveliest of people, yeah. and I found that difficult because I like being around people who are honest and nice, and there's not a lot of honesty within music. <laughs> but I love music, and um, these poor artists as well—they get some of them get taken for a ride. Mm. Oh my god, honestly, mm-hmm. and I—I I always knew. Um, you know, if, when working in it, I wouldn't do that, I w- you know, I wanted to be a straight up kind of person. And a lot of the time you couldn't be. It's weird, it was mm-hmm. like, um, you couldn't be within that. And, you know, it was just a very hard place to be and to make money in music. And I think my dream at one point, um, I would have loved to have like ran a label or a management thing. I was managing an artist as well at the time. I'm, rem- I'm reminding myself of what I'm doing, like of what I've done now as we're talking. Yeah, I'm yeah. thinking, oh my God, there's another thing, there's another thing. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I was managing an artist, and I was worki- working at um, a management agency. And I loved that. And yeah, I was very interested in maybe creating um, a management, my own management label. Um, but what I also found and understood was working with artists is you can be so talented. But you've got to have a drive, right? Mm-hmm. And I always, what I've always, um, what I think my strength is, is my drive and determination. I don't think I'm particularly talented at anything. I don't think, um, you know, I'm great at that. But I, if I want to do something, I will do it. And even if I don't, you know, I don't have the talent for it, I'll make it happen. And you can be so talented, but without that drive um, and determination, yeah, you, it won't happen. Like. A lot of these artists they're so talented but they don't have the driver and um, the ambition to um, to maybe want to be to to be big for instance and um, or to take the next step and I wanted to work with someone like that and um, you've got to work as a team um, and, um, and yeah that was um, that's things I found working in the music industry and um, I did love it, and to be honest, one day I definitely will go back into music. Do you think so? Oh, hundred yeah. percent. Like I love um, listening to production, new music, and I feel like I've got a good ear. And for me, um, I would just—I'd love to help someone in the right direction. That's why I feel like I'm good. At. I'm good at connecting dots, like A to B. And if someone's got the talent, I'd love to help push them. I suppose that's about relationships, and if you form a relationship that works and you can work together Mm -hmm. Um, and also you need to have knowledge and I think about it, I was very young, I didn't have knowledge, I didn't know what the hell I was doing and I remember emailing an artist and some artist who ended up getting signed and I was like I'll be your manager, thinking about it now, no wonder that they didn't, we didn't work together, I wouldn't have known what I was doing but (laughs) now I even feel in a lot more better situation that I could, um, I, I would know more what I'm doing even with what I'm doing now with business Business is all relevant in terms of the steps, um, the steps you do stuff. You just kind of take it out into a, a different format, I suppose, for the um, for what industry it is. Mm-hmm. And you learn it's people. Yeah. Business is people, and learning to um, learning about relationships, how people are, um, and as you get older you you learn more about how to handle that and also what you're good at and your strengths are. Mm-hmm. And I was just figuring everything out back then, thinking about it. <laughs> but um, that's,
0: that's such a good way to be because a lot of people, certainly probably more so of my generation, it was like, I'm going to be a doctor or yeah. a lawyer. It was very vocational and it was long term and it was like, I'll just do that until the wheels fall yeah. off. Whereas your approach is like... I'm interested in creative stuff, so I will dabble in all sorts of things and then kind of find out yeah. what to go with it, which I think is a great, a great way to do. It.
1: Yeah, definitely. It made it hard as well, though. Definitely did. Um, but it's, I've just had such fantastic experiences. I've grabbed mm-hmm. everything mm-hmm. with two hands, and yeah. I have create. Um, what I'm really happy, I've created everything, and the most random things. <laughs> Thinking about it now, um, yeah, I managed an artist who lived in, um, in Los Angeles and then he moved to Berlin. I remember mm-hmm. going out to see him in Berlin and went to a gig <laughs> of his in Vienna um, and we didn't go to sleep. like literally he went to a gig and was doing a gig that night and we were up for 24 hours and I remember he did this awesome gig in this museum and he had a flight the next morning and my flight wasn't till early the afternoon and i remember i i was like right you have a great night get fun so they obviously he gets as drunk as he can and i was being his manager so i was like right i'm gonna be on it be really mature and i stayed up the whole night and made sure he got his on his flight the next day and i woke him up so <laughs> i think about some of the exciting times and the people i've met by doing things like that it's mm-hmm. just been awesome Um, i've loved it and I really, management fascinated me in the music industry and um, you know, managing talent and um, connecting them with brands, connecting um, you know the business side of stuff and then the music side of stuff and how and what makes money. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was incredible. Um, it was incredible to learn about that. And I, I yeah, I love that. I love um, the management side of stuff fascinates me. It really does I'm like booking artists and the booking agency side was, It was a lot to do with you know fees and numbers and it's just it's just incredible i loved it i really did and and i wanted to continue doing management um after i worked at this booking agency i was working in the office and i just knew i i I couldn't do a nine to five Mm -hmm. i just knew i didn't want to um and after that after doing my stint in amsterdam i still managing an artist which was freelance which obviously i couldn't afford to just keep doing i had to think oh god right i need to make something out of this so whether it was pulling together journalism management and and that was what started off my burnout because it was so hard to to kind of to build and building stuff takes years and i had putting so much pressure on myself Um, Yeah, the music industry is such a tough place and so tough to make money out of Mm -hmm. unless you know. And a lot of people who were running booking agencies, management agencies were so much older, had way more experience. Um, And I think, I mean, one of my probably bad things is I'm quite impatient. I think I wanted it all now. And I thought, oh God, I can't do this. Um, And yeah, and that's what kind of started me having a wee bit of a burnout thinking about it now. And then I moved back to London from Amsterdam. And I was working again at a booking agency, a new one. It bas- it was a new, um, a guy that I used to work in the music industry for, he was setting up a new, um, a new kind of agency, booking artists, and he asked me to head it up.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And um, I was like, wow, this is exciting. I knew in the back of my head the whole time, nine to five doesn't suit me, but it was a great opportunity. And because I wouldn't say no to an opportunity, I was like, right, I'm gonna give it a go. Um, So I did that and um, it didn't work out basically and I got once again screwed, it was a bit screwed over by Mm. the guy who um, did it and it was such a learning curve. I think I put everything into it and um, he was like, this isn't gonna work out and I put all my time and effort and I was absolutely gutted and flattened by that um, Mm. to be honest with you. But everything's meant to be. I thought, right, okay. So I got back um, up again and I thought, all right, I still want to do my own thing, um, creating the management agency or a label um, and something to do with online. Online's always fascinated me. And that, though, was the kind of the start of my really bad burnout um, after moving back to London and then getting that job and it kind of went from there. Okay. Um, And then that is, I suppose, where we come to. Lots, yeah. really. So,
0: so at what stage then did you come back to Edinburgh? Is that
2: more Edinburgh than so,
1: Edi- so Edinburgh. I've been in, back in Edinburgh for about a year so okay. I have been such a gypsy since I left school like <laughs> I've been in so many flats I've done so many jobs Um, this is the longest time I've ever been somewhere since leaving school Um, I've been <laughs> in Edinburgh so Amsterdam then London london edinburgh edinburgh has been about over a year now so literally i came back to edinburgh full blondie locks okay and to recover from my burnout in london
0: right okay yeah so i, I mean i've read obviously your your full story mm. um on your your website which is incredibly inspirational Thank um you. it would be fantastic if you would talk talk us through that sure. and uh, yeah some of the the lower points i guess
1: sure so um so came back from amsterdam and I'd always had a few, few kind of health things with my stomach, and and um, I've always been a very obsessive person. I'm always it's just in my nature. I'm a controlling person. I'm a control freak. I'm used to because I've always been very independent. Um, I've always been able to, and I've created my own things. I've done my own thing, um, and you know I'm not used to being told what to do. So I've and I've lived by myself. So um, also I've always. Been been a bit of a health freak, always. (laughs) And in Amsterdam, it definitely started then thinking back, I started being really picky with food, um, and really conscious of like healthy eating, which just led to complete obsession, basically. Mm. And I moved back to London, and as the whole kind of trying to sort out freelance work, and then the job at that booking agency, which kind of went like that, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: I became so unwell in terms of stress, and then basically developing an eating disorder okay. which i was in complete in denial about at first and um, i just blamed on stress and um, being in london not having a job or like freelancing stuff falling through that the big job falling through um, and and also i've just remembered i did another job after that which i became <laughs> i worked at for a pr company for music pr and i hated it okay absolutely <laughs> I so happy <laughs> to forget what I've done. So I worked at this music PR company and that was I thought I was like yes. So that was after this booking agency which completely fell through and I was really upset about and um, so I got this other thing and I was like, right, this is gonna be the start because I knew I knew that um, creating my own business, I still had to get a load of experience. So that's what I was trying to do by getting these nine to fives. Because mm-hmm. um, I was trying to be smart because I was like, right, I know I haven't got the experience, but I also know I hate nine to five, but I'm going to have to suck it up, Laura, and do it, even if it's for a year or two. So I got this um, yeah, job in music PR, and I just loathed it. <laughs> it was, I that is really where the stress hit me. So. I suppose the kind of eating subconsciously started when I came back in, from, London, from Amsterdam to London. And then the started at this new job and the stress started mixing together and it just plummeted. And um, I lasted only a couple of months of this job. I was just so unhappy. I hated it. Creativity was squished. I, was, I felt like stupid being there. Like, and I, I just knew I was not. I had so much to offer. Yeah, I wasn't being able to. Um, I felt like I'd taken 10 steps back the people, the environment, it was just horrible. And I was like, I love working in music, but I, the people, it just, I was like, I can't do this. I just kind of l- fell out of love. I was like, this is not for me. Mm-hmm. And I think for so long, I was so fixated. Once I s- set my mind to something, I like to follow it through and do it. And I think I was like, right, I'm gonna do something within music. And I think I was so obsessed with that mm-hmm. that, I thought, you know what, maybe this isn't right. And sometimes, someone told me, you have to let go of sometimes things you thought you were gonna do in order to be open to something else, or mm-hmm. it's just not meant. And I just, yeah, it, I just kind of fell out of love with it. Um, and I just didn't want to be involved in it. It was such a hor- I was like, this is horrible. This is not a nice industry to be involved in. Um, and I remember going home for Christmas. So that was between like a summer period that was, um, like August to December and so that job got stress started happening went home for Christmas and I remember just my family being like you are just not well and I was like yeah I'm really stressed just really stressed um with work and I knew in the new year I was like I'm gonna have to pick myself up again and start start freelancing and I was terrified mix that with just not being physically and mentally well so I went back to London um, in the January, still complete in denial about my eating. Um, I'd lost a lot of weight. Um, I just had probably anything that people do when they're very stressed. I mean, I wasn't sleeping. Sleeping, eating was pretty miserable, but I was running off like this, like anxiety adrenaline, mm-hmm. because I was like, I'm going to have to pick myself up, and that's what I've always done, and I was so. I just was trying to push myself. I was like, I need to figure out what I'm gonna do because I've always, working has always driven me. Out. That's, my, that's been my purpose always. Mm-hmm. And I don't know me without wanting to achieve something. Um, so I came back in the J- January down to London. And basically by the March, I was so unwell, I had to go home um, and fr- I just wasn't physically able to kind of like looking for freelancing stuff. I was I was a walking zombie. I was mm-hmm. just yeah physically skinny. I mean, but it, that's not the worst thing. It was just I was like a zombie. I just I wasn't sleeping, and um, I just was feeling I was drained. I was physically mm-hmm. drained. Um, I was completely controlled by my obsession with my eating issue. Yeah. So socially, it, it just it completely took over me. Um, and so, and I'm so
0: what was your eating like? So
1: um controlled and lack of to be honest um i yeah i literally was just controlling because i was so unhappy i suppose trying to figure out work and life i was like i can control that and that's where it happened it was a control thing with me completely um and eliminating stuff and it was like oh right i'm doing that right and i can control this because i can't control the other aspects of my life and yeah, it it just overrode everything. Um, I was thinking about it. I wouldn't, you know, I couldn't see friends because oh god, I might have to go out for dinner. Oh really? Yeah, it okay. did, and um, it was just I was numb though. It was bizarre. It just I just wasn't me because I think once you've got, if you've got any kind of illness, it you lose yourself to it, and that was the hardest thing for me because I'm such I'm a I'm someone who's not serious at all. Like I love to have fun. I love life so much. But I lost myself, I lost my, I lost like my zest for life, mm. and that was so upsetting. And so, yeah, I was just, I was just completely mm. physically, emotionally burnt, like in every possible way. Um, and I just remember, I think it was March time, so I, th- I was still completely in denial, trying to figure out freelancing, and I even remember like family were saying to me, you know you've got some you've got an issue with your food and I was just like nope 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 fine 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 kept on going then I went away I was in America actually um for just a holiday and I remember that's when it hit me uh, that's when it hit me that I was unwell I was in a food store in America and I walked about in this food store for honestly about an hour hour and a half because I was so obsessed with what it was that I was going to eat and what it, I was trying to figure out. I was like, what do I want? What can I? What what am I going to allow myself? Um, and I remember walking about, literally I must have looked like a madman. Um, and I walked outside the shop and I remember that the next day I went to Washington, i just got the train up on my own and decided to go on my own to do a trip. And I me- remember emailing my parents and just said, you know, I'm here, I'm okay. I need this time to myself. Um, because I know that I'm at a low point.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And when I got back, I think I said to my mum, I know I've got an issue. I know I've got something wrong with me. Um, and yeah, my family are so supportive. So I moved back home, decided to come back home. Actually, I didn't move back home then, I just had to come back to recover, because I was just, I couldn't function. I just couldn't. Um, and my mum was my literal saver. Like. If it wasn't for how loving um, and good my family were, I would have probably been ended up in hospital.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: I ended up, like, I, you know, I had to go to the doctors and all that kind of stuff. But for me, I mean, everyone has different recovery methods and um, and the ways that they go about it and what works for them. Mm -hmm. I know for me, going to see someone and being told to do this, this, and this won't work for me (laughs) because I don't like being told what to do, which (laughs) is a real issue. And also... um, I, I, it's weird. Like I think I knew and I wanted to get better, mm-hmm. whereas um, you know some people have a problem with maybe not wanting to get better. And I always did because I, you know, I wanted to get back to being me. And I was always driven by um, wanting. to, I wanted to do well and work, and I could only do that once I was better because I was so I was drained and I couldn't, you know, I couldn't work. I yeah. couldn't do anything, and that was so debilitating and upsetting for me. Um, You know, I felt like I'd once again taken 20 steps back. And especially when you work freelance, because at the end of the day, you take one day off and no one cares. You've built something up and you've got to keep on. It's like I'm being on a hamster wheel Mm
2: -hmm.
1: because, you know, you've built it all yourself. So if you go away for a couple of days, a couple of weeks, a couple of months, you have to stop everything and nothing works without you there. So I felt I think I've always felt a fear of being like, oh, my God, I've got to keep on with this, got to keep on with this. And that's where the hamster wheel's been for me. Yeah. Um. So it's weird. I think um, thinking about it when I was younger, all my personality traits, um, and was always going to lead to something um, like met within the eating disorder. Yeah. I felt like it was in. It's just something that I have to deal with in battle. Yeah. And when I get stressed, um, and yeah i have to control something and that's just my go-to yeah and um, so,
0: so then what was i suppose your your path to recovery and how did that converge with blondie locks
1: so path to recovery was going home and accepting first of all yeah, yeah, that I, I ha- that. yeah
0: acceptance is basically where it all starts literally yeah. and an
1: admitting i was like oh my yeah. god i really i'm not well and mm-hmm. um, that was the first thing my mum um, and my family and um, you know i think Having an eating disorder is so complex so hard to articulate, and also as well I still f- like I still feel um, i always like to be careful on how I speak about it because if you're dealing with it some things that I say um, you become very aware when you've dealt with something when you've had a mental illness and you don't want to, um, to tr- make triggers to other people or um, also as well you realize that everyone's Illness, no matter what the kind of the mental illness is, is different, and there's no labels. I have such a problem with labels. Like, um, right, you've got this, this, and this, so you're this. No, no, no. You, you know, you are you, and you've got whatever you have, and you deal with it however is best for you. And I've always been very lucky that I've, I suppose I've, I've had the freedom to be me.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I've also given my parents no choice to be <laughs> me. Like. I've, yeah, I've always been just so strong like that. I've been like, this is how I'm going to do things and be how I want. And I've never felt, I've never been apologetic to that. Uh-huh. And that's worked to my favor a lot. Because um, I think a lot of people you know, will struggle in silence because they maybe don't feel they have the freedom to be able to um, do it the way that they think, maybe society, you're supposed to do things. Mm-hmm. And I've never thought like that. So that's helped me a lot, I would say and the fact that I've got a rebellious spirit. I've always done it how I want. Um, And yeah, my road to recovery, I literally just chilled at home, um, went for walks. I literally took 10 steps back and became kind of like spiritual. I got into yoga, um, meditation, everything I tried. I was so open and I'm a very open person. Like I'm like if this was gonna help. I'm also very like I like natural stuff as well. So I had quite a few options with the doctors and GPs and just didn't I didn't fancy that. I just didn't um I didn't want to go down that route. I wanted to do it my own route, my own way. So outside like exercise, um educating myself on health foods. Um and as I started to kind of get better, I remember I had notebooks everywhere, right, what I'm gonna do when I get better, and what I've done um, in freelancing so far, what my skills were, I would write down everything. What I don't want, and I was figuring out, when I became really unwell, I figured out a lot of what I didn't want, what I didn't wanna do, who I didn't wanna be, or, you know, and I'm realizing that in the music industry, there were so many awful people, and I was like, life, I wanna be around people who inspire me, mm-hmm. and who are nice people, and who, and want to help each other like in business um so it was back on the thought of right what am I going to do business-wise here what what do I want to do what do I want to create here always loved health foods always and as I was recovering you know educating myself on food and what I was going to eat I started eating porridge (laughs) a lot of it and it was really like didn't really think anything of it um and then I, the two things happened. Well, when I was in London, actually, um, I there was a health food cafe at Porridge One, and I loved it. I was really obsessed with that. And that that was actually before I moved home. So just before I moved home, um, I got the idea for Blondie Logs. So I came home to recover, then I went back to London to come back again. Um, because, I mean, you can't just pick up and leave. You had to sort out the flat and stuff like that. So. Did my bit for a fair bit of recovering um, with basically going back home, relaxing and literally having to zen out, um, exercise, yoga, eating well. That, was, that put me on a good path. I was it definitely, recovery, it wasn't like that. It doesn't just happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, I got myself into a better place. Um, and physically, I was then able to go back down to London. And I decided, I remember my dad saying to me, he was like, you really like health foods? So why don't you do something within that? And I was like, yeah, actually. So I thought about it. I mean, I'm a big chocolate freak, so I thought about doing a chocolate thing first. And then, um, then I thought about porridge because when I was eating it, um, two, um, I started becoming obsessed with this porridge cafe in London. And I was went on a trip to Copenhagen, and in Copenhagen, there's a porridge cafe. And the moment for me, Blondie Lots happened was when I was having breakfast on my own in this porridge cafe. I was with my dad actually, I went with him, accompanied him on a work trip and just had porridge. And I remember sitting there and honestly, it was um, a penny drop moment. I just thought, I'm going to do porridge and what I'm like, if I make a decision, that's it. I thought, this is it. This is what I'm going to do. Stayed up the entire night, Googled the guy who started the porridge cafe there the girl who did it in London, and I remember meeting my dad that night and just said to him, I know what I'm gonna do. I've got it, I've got the idea. I didn't tell him, because if I do something, I have to be one million percent certain. Slept on it, didn't tell anyone for about two weeks. Googled, researched how these people started their porridge cafe, because I had an idea, because I was, knew I was moving back to Edinburgh, like full-time, this was, so I recovered in Edinburgh, I had to move back to London. Um, just to sort, to tie up stuff to come back again. Mm-hmm. And also, I moved back to Edinburgh to start it. Porridge makes sense in Scotland, <laughs> that's what I thought. It's a great place to start a business. It was a hell of a lot cheaper. London burnt me out and I became very unhappy there. Mm-hmm. So, and also I had to take a couple of steps back and go home and um, still recover, I am very much still recovering. And I knew that, it's weird, Blondie Locks then became my focus, so my obsession died down from the food. Um, And also I knew if I was going to start a business, I had to be well. I had Mm -hmm. to be well. And also if I was doing a food product, I got, you know, I have to. I've got to be able to function and um, I've got to. It made me have to look after myself. So I did it for selfish reasons as well, I guess. (laughs) Um, And yeah, those two weeks I spent thinking about Blondie Locks, which had no name, I remember the day I thought the name and I went through these names. Yeah, the name. And I literally, it came to me and I remember just texting my dad. It it was really natural. I remember just thinking, what can I call it?
2: Blondie Locks.
1: I was like, Blondie (laughs) Locks text my dad. And my dad went, yes. And um, yeah, and it just, that was was the moment. And I kind of started from that. And then I moved home to set it up. And that was about before last Christmas. So um, 2015, um, just before that Christmas time. Yeah. So what's,
0: uh, this is something that's always kind of fascinated me because yeah. I don't really understand the mechanics, but okay. what's the the sort of process, the manufacturing process, how did you go about developing relationships with people that m- make it and all that, you know, I just.
1: So <laughs> I, this is a, I had not a clue. Yeah. I mean, not a clue, and the one thing that I, All I know is that I have, is I just have balls to ask people. And that's how I've gotten anywhere. Like, you just gotta ask. I had no clue. And thinking about it now. I remember thinking, I know a lot more than I knew, and I didn't know how to get to that point. Mm -hmm. Um, So, I was thinking at first I was gonna do an actual shop or a pop-up. But I started kind of backwards. I started by building a brand and and a social media presence. (laughs) And I'm still recovering at this point very much. Um so I did have to I took things slow and for me it's probably the best thing I've ever done because I've always gone at things at 100 million miles an hour which has burnt me out and also it doesn't work yeah. it just doesn't doesn't work and for me having to go slow with Blondie Locks building the brand then forming a product it's allowing me to go like that and it's it's hard work and it is slow but It just feels more, it just feels right to do it like that and better. Um, And for me, I kind of built the brand and wanted to see what could work and what maybe um, people would want and the product form from that. And also I figured I've always wanted to have something online. I've always been very social media, online based and driven that I thought, you know what? I don't think I'm gonna take on place um a cafe overheads i thought about all the costing and everything like that i thought it's a lot less risk to do it online and i thought in terms of my marketing um i would do like pop-up events and um, which is how i'm trying to do it mm-hmm. um and the product kind of i started doing porridge toppings and then i started doing blend bags but for me i literally just had to google and ask questions yeah. and meet other business owners I would just email people at the beginning and said I have no clue what I'm doing can I meet you and that for me that's how I figured out every single step and I have everyone to thank because it was through help of other business owners Mm -hmm. and Edinburgh has been fantastic in doing that and meeting other people with businesses they've helped me because I had no clue, and it's just by having coffees, coffees with people <laughs> have literally helped me. Yeah, yeah. I've been like, well, what do I do? Do I need a certificate? So, yep, I did. So I had to do a, a course. You have to do a food like um, health and safety course. Oh, okay. Um, and then you have to find it all about labelling. But I, yeah, I've had to ask every step of the way um, other people. But thank people are so lovely in the food industry, and they're mm-hmm. willing to help you. And that's you know, I'm still figuring as I go. Um, and um, yeah. That's, does That's that cool. answer that question? Yeah, it definitely
0: yeah. does. Yeah, yeah, excellent. So what's the the longer term vision for the brand?
1: So for the brands, so how's blon- the time with
0: music? I'm still in, oh, that out.
1: <laughs> Blondie, Blondie box, yeah. Blondie box. I've got it. New <laughs> business. i have gonna have trademark like that. Um, <laughs> I oh forgot. That's really good. My 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 mind's gonna be buzzing tonight, being like Blondie Locks. What can I do with that? Um oh, that's awesome. That doesn't tie in with the music. That'll be another thing yeah. for sure. Um, Blondie Locks is. Yeah. I want it to have. If it's gonna be food range and um, porridge, oats, um, snacks, healthy snacks. I see it, you know, as that. Mm-hmm. But I also see it as more than that. It's something that means something for me. It's come out of me overcoming um, you know an eating disorder and um, you know I hope that other people see and anyone who's going through any type of mental illness can think you know what I can I can I will be okay and I will anyone can do anything I've always thought that and I always believe that and I just hope that if anything it just inspires um, anyone who's Battling anything or having a crappy time in life or even in a crappy job, thinking, you know what, I can set up my own thing that's literally what I love, and also raising awareness because you know there's still massive taboo um about and stigma with eating disorders and mental health, and that's just crap like we people we all have to deal with stuff in life and we all deal with um you know crappy things and um by talking about it and making it part of like um to society to to help and empower and using it in mm-hmm. a positive way. Mm-hmm. That's what I want and I want it to be, um, it's a brand that's, you know, fun, that's yummy, healthy. That's all the things I want it to, but not serious um, mm-hmm. and quirky and something stirring up the porridge game I want it to you know put waves into other porridge brands and I want it to be a fun one and a quirky one and have my own style about doing stuff which I hopefully do by doing bespoke blends um, and you know coming up with a different range that's just a bit um, quirky than others mm-hmm. but also it has a core you know belief um, and um, meaning and story mm-hmm. um, and whatever that kind of takes on um, as well so I want it to stand for more than just um, porridge and food which yeah. I hope it does and also be fun
0: yeah yeah I mean certainly your website and your your social media channels all indicate that you know I, I really like the, the style of it so I know that your your kind of primary um, social media platform at the moment is Instagram mm. so what's your your kind of strategy and what are you hoping to how do you see that developing
1: so from the from First thing I made a decision was Instagram. That was, social media for me was how I kind of started it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I kind of made a massive decision to do it, to concentrate on Instagram. I remember speaking to, I think it was it was Andrew once again. And I said to him, right, what social media should I concentrate on? And he said Instagram. And so that was my baby. I used that as mm-hmm. my, almost my website at the beginning. Um, Instagram is so, you know, huge within the food industry um, visually.
0: Yeah, exactly. And
1: the reach it can get, and it just works. It really does. Um, And so Instagram is always going to be, I think, the number one for for me. Mm
2: -hmm. But
1: in terms of selling,
2: Mm -hmm.
1: I think Facebook. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm still, this is an area which I want to learn about, um, and I want to kind of work with and... Make that part of my, I suppose, business model, especially online. Yeah. Um. But I'm still that. It's really funny. Instagram comes naturally to me, whereas the Facebook and the Facebook business side stuff, yeah. um, is tricky, and I'm still learning it. Yeah. And um, but it's an area for me that I definitely want to gravitate towards, and and part of my plan this year for sure, mm. because I'm even noticing. I mean, until you're you're out there on all platforms you don't notice who's coming to what and now you know using analytics so looking at my analytics I can see a lot of people go onto my Facebook page so if I I need to work out how I can utilize that in the business sense yeah. because I'm good at the branding sense but uh-huh. um, yeah but it's I suppose it's about being aware of your strengths and your weaknesses and then wanting to and um, once you've um, you know figured out which are the ones that you need to work on then mm. but Instagram will always be the main hub yeah. but I'm um, in terms of um, business and selling and um, I also want to concentrate a lot on Facebook for sure. Yep. Twitter's yep. good and um, it's not as good as b- big as it used to be mm. but um, yeah but I, I, I try and get involved in, in all and um, I do but um it's, yeah, social media is, is very time-consuming, <laughs> yeah. but I do love it. It's um, but also as well the ironic thing is is that you can create a great perception and, and great brand, but you know behind the scenes um, there's so much more to do as well. It's, it's like you have to um, once you've got going, you can then sit back, which I'm still at such early stages, and think right. I need to concentrate on this sector, this bit. Mm-hmm. So. Um, yeah, Instagram, moving forward will always be very important, but Facebook is something of very big interest to me and I want to learn, and that's one of my goals um, this year for sure.
0: Gavin Bell's your man.
1: I was going to say, Gavin, <laughs> he's got to help me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Excellent. So it, it, was, it was good, um, speaking to you earlier off camera, we covered quite a few things in quite a short time actually. And but, one of the things that I've mentioned to you is the millennial generation and certainly the sort of perception of millennials perhaps from older generations mm. and, and you know employers as well, understanding what makes them tick and and, yeah. uh, and, and really all that stuff. It's it's uh, Simon Sinek did a really interesting viral video, it went, it went berserk, um, talking about it and one of the things, he basically opens by saying people think millennials are entitled. What, what, <laughs> what do you think? <laughs>
1: I think, I can't even say it, I think millennials, I think we're misunderstood, Okay. I think we're fabulous, <laughs> <laughs> well not all of us, I mean, I think we, <laughs> are, we have us. so, listen, we're in, I try to think of most things, because I'm quite an opportunist, I see something and I'll go for it, um, there's so many things out there, right, and it's like the thing of, I just go back to the pit bull being in loads of... Um, yes. There's so much opportunity and you can go for it and get so um, distracted and also the direction. I suppose the old school was there were certain paths and mm-hmm. certain ways and mm-hmm. you followed them and it was much more conformist. Whereas we live in a time now where, I mean, not everyone, as we were saying off camera, there's only certain types of people, I suppose with entre- oh, I can't even speak, (laughs) entrepreneurial spirits like ourselves that um, want to create something. And um, people are, you know, most people I wouldn't say are like, a lot of people to this day, even millennials, are still conformists and they, you know, they'll go to university, they'll do, you know, the job that they want to do and they'll just take one route. But people who have the entrepreneurial spirit, um, which... There's so many opportunities. There's sometimes it's so hard to kind of um, to f- to follow a path, and and we don't want to be kept. We want the freedom. So maybe right. to the older generation that comes across as flaky, <laughs> but I don't know. Where,
0: where do you think the desire for freedom comes from?
1: By maybe the old schoolness of being comfort, like being okay. um, suffocated, or anyone who's an entrepreneurial spirit doesn't like to be. Um, do the norm and um, mm. I can only speak for myself like uh-huh. um, I don't know it's creating and what makes you tick and I mean I think anyone who um, the Millennials they, they just they want that freedom to create their own path and we're given there's so many things you can do in life now and opportunity and you can get very lost in that and um, you've got to be very strong-willed and um, you know not all of us are lucky enough to have the support to to go down the right path and yeah. that's where it can go wrong mm-hmm. and maybe um the old school people can see um that is not um reliable not um yeah yeah i <laughs> don't really know how like how they think that we are but um i love this day and age i mean yeah, yeah you know people yeah i love it i think it's so exciting We've got, i mean don't get me wrong social media is the biggest blessing the biggest curse it's mm-hmm. like But I think you just gotta go grab things and go with it. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah.
0: Interesting. I don't know if you'll know the answer to this, but of your um, generation, if you like, how many people are pursuing entrepreneurship versus traditional career or? Hmm,
1: Interesting. I would say, I don't think a lot, I don't like, when I went to school, I was the only one like me, for sure. <laughs> okay. And I felt really misunderstood and really, really weird, to be honest. No, I wouldn't, you know, my family, I'm the only one who's like me, who wants to create my own um, um, my own business and an entrepreneurial spirit. Okay. Um, you know, I surround a lot of people, I surround myself with art, but that's because I've immersed myself in it and yes. I've, I've made an effort to, it's not natural, I wouldn't, like, if I was going out to a party... Um I think very few still. I mean, I think the opportunities are all there for mm-hmm. to, to be able to do that. But most people, um, they don't think outside the box, not in a, a negative or critical way, but they don't. And a lot of people have fear that holds them back. And, um, and I understand that totally. I've just, it sounds so weird. I'm gravitate towards fear and what makes me feel uncomfortable and pushes me. And I don't think, no, I'd say out of ten people, only one or two people could be like wanting to create their own thing. I think it's really small, and um, but it's getting more and more for sure. But yeah, I do. That's interesting. I don't know.
0: I am be falsely under the impression that like everyone who's you know kind of in their twenties is now looking to pursue pursue the avenue avenue of an entrepreneur. But Wouldn't
1: that be a nightmare if we were all doing that? Yeah, I know. <laughs>
0: yeah exactly. Exactly. Oh God,
1: I know. I mean. <laughs> I think it's all there for people to do and grab with both hands. Um, but, I mean, as we know, doing your own thing is bloody hard. Yeah. And um, and it's not easy. And I think a lot of people will try it. And, um, you know, it takes real um, tr- real downs to keep going. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of people who just maybe can't do it, won't do it, don't have um, that drive to keep going because it's, it's very... Um, it's so bashing at times, you yeah. put everything into everything you do and um, there's a lot of knockdowns and people aren't used to that um, and yeah, so I don't, I still think it's, um, you know, few people, but definitely more and more, I think the opportunities are there more and the freedom yeah. to do that, it's just maybe, no, It's I, I love meeting people who do it, <laughs> I do. <laughs>
0: That's great. So. At this stage we've got a really good sense of who you are, or, mm-hmm. you know, what kind of makes you tick your your journey, which is really fascinating and, and massively inspirational. But I suppose I'd like to maybe go a bit deeper around about, you know, purpose, success, that sort of stuff. I, I do, Let's enjoy, do, I do it. enjoy speaking I out at these types of yeah. things. <laughs> so you know, as as far as purpose is concerned, what do you feel is your purpose?
1: Figuring it out still, for yeah. sure. To create. Creating is my, p- I love to create. The um, freedom to create just makes, th- that is just my happiness. And just in the moment, I'm creating Blondie Ox, mm-hmm. and that is, and I love it. I love every aspect of it. Um, creating something is my purpose, and I don't know, um, you know, what that's going to be in 20 years. Um, and I'm, but cr- yeah, purpose creating is my purpose for sure and um, and being ins- and like being inspired yeah I think at the moment it's <laughs> good answer is yeah, it? I like that oh yeah God. yeah definitely yeah
0: yeah because it's it's, it's it's broad but it's uh, it seems to very much fit in with with how you are as a person yeah excellent cool Um what do you think you'd like
1: your legacy to be <sighs> My legacy, I love. Girl who created some kick-ass things. Yeah. Yeah. Just, um, and that, hopefully inspired. I really, like, and I'm sure, like, everyone who, like, is an entrepreneur will say things like that. But, yeah, I want to, like, yeah, the girl who, something kick-ass. Just something awesome. Like, um, to be remembered, you're doing something, like, not... A business that's kind of quirky or like that's fun, and that has um, yeah, that's inspired and done some good with it as well, um, and you know, yeah, kick-ass. That's what I want. Exactly cool. that. <laughs> I just love that word. <laughs> yeah, nice. I think so. She's done something. Ki- she's created. As long as they create, created and inspired. Kick-ass. Those three <laughs> words. There we go.
0: There's one of the words on your website, which is. Um, kicked about a fair bit these days a what yes.
1: hustle oh i love it i oh she was a hustler yeah. that's what i want yeah my legacy kick-ass, hustle. kick-ass hustler who created awesome things and had awesome impact but there we go <laughs> i just thought about it <laughs> i love oh. i love the word hustle. but it is it just yeah, it's my favorite word what about, what is it about is it i like? love it i don't know what it is it just it's a sexy word <laughs> hustle because you do, if you run your own thing, if you have your own business, if you want to create anything or do anything else, you've got to hustle. Because no one cares at all. Like, who you are, what you do, you've got to make it happen, do it, hustle. And just hustle, it's just it's just a a word that it brings everything together. I don't know, even the sound of it, it's not, like, fluffy, it's, like, hard. Yeah, yeah, you've yeah. got to, you've got to... Um, It's like drive. It has drive within it and ambition, the word. And um, I love it. I love words. I really, yeah, yeah, I really love words, but hustle. You love a lot of things. I do. I'm quite a passionate person.
0: Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah,
1: I am. I am. Oh God.
0: (laughs) Um, How do you define success?
1: Um, By being happy, which I'm sure, yeah, by being happy And for me, freedom to create um makes me happy. Travel, um, that's success to me. Um, having success for me is ha- a lifestyle I want which is having freedom to create. Um, suc- yeah, doing something you're happy and passionate about. Mm-hmm. That is what success is, it's not money. Um, I know you need money, obviously, but no, it's just, it's happiness and that for me comes from Freedom um, and allowing me to do me, be me, which I want everyone to. I'm such a hippie like that. Like just do you, be me. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, who or what inspires you?
1: People. Yeah. Every people. No one specifically. Like my parents. I love them to bits, and they have provided me nothing but support and love. But they they're not driven like me at all. And I've always had this drive and connecting with others throughout my life. Travel, travel inspires me. Travel is my biggest inspiration. Without travel, I wouldn't have done half of what I've done because it's weird, like, you know, living in Holland, stuff came from that jobstead, mm-hmm. um, living in London. Everything's connected and has followed on for me and I've had to push myself and I've gone on. I've done a lot of traveling, been very lucky, and it's always inspired or given me ideas to do this, that, and the other.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Copenhagen I had the idea for, the, for blondie locks and if I hadn't have gone I wouldn't have had blondie locks travel is just my biggest thing honestly it really it just inspires me and meeting people when I'm away and people who run businesses and um, and they inspire me and people from different um, countries and cultures I just doesn't hearing people's story and how they started mm. how they did it um, I love to learn I really do um, and, Yeah, people and travel that's what inspires me. Um, yeah,
0: cool, good answer. Yeah, it's, it's sort of travel aspect you kind of touched uh earlier, um, when we were speaking about being a kind of digital nomad, and I suppose, gypsy. It, yeah, I a gypsy, am a gypsy, yeah, it's, it's for that sure. kind of maybe idea of not being kind of tied to the one thing,
2: I suppose. Well,
1: that is my I hate it. I don't like being tied. Yeah. I've, um, you know, since being in school, I don't like being told what to do, where to be, or being in a classroom. I was just like, nope, 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 nope. This isn't for me. Yeah. My, my dream. I just want to be able to have. I think I want. To ha- I want to have something. That I could be anywhere in the world. That is exactly what I want. That for me is freedom. That for me is happiness. That for me is success. Yeah. Um. And I've always been a bit of a gypsy. Um. I don't like to be tied down. I'm with online. We live in a day and age where we're very lucky. This is the, we're so lucky we can have this and do this, and it's Mm -hmm. so exciting for um, young people. They can create, you can create so many opportunities now, and to be able to do that and not be tied down. um, So yeah.
0: Cool. (laughs) What's the best piece of advice you've ever received?
1: Best piece of advice? Hmm. I've not actually, there's nothing, one thing comes to mind, and one person told me he I worked with him in the music industry, and um, he he actually he taught me a lot, and he wasn't actually um, that nice or honest to work with. I'm thinking about it now, but he gave me some advice which has really stuck with me, and because of how he was, I remember. He taught me a lot in terms of, I was like, I don't want to be like that. I want to be a lot more honest. Um, <laughs> but he always said to me, he was like, never assume, never assume. And you should never assume anything. Communications where a lot of things, I think, go wrong. Um, and, yeah, I never assume anything. Like, I always, like, want to check or I would always go with my gut. So never assume for some reason has always stuck with me. Yeah, you just, you need to always... Check things, do things yourself, go with your gut. Um, yeah, that's really random, but it has <laughs> stuck with me. Yeah. And just no one's really I've always listened and take other people's advice. Um, but just literally how I um, do stuff is I just go for it. So I just use that and just go for everything. I think is um Richard Branson says, Screw it, do screw it, do it is his thing. Which I love. I'm just like, Screw it, do it. <laughs> I'm gonna do it for sure. Um, but yeah, that I mean advice I kind of, I'm quite a um, a evolving person. I'll take advice and I move on for like I'll, I'll, I'll adapt to it and I'll do it. Then I like to hear someone else's advice. I've had loads of good advice, mm-hmm. definitely, and I'm always um, always take advice, but nothing specific has stuck with me. But just do it, go for it. Whatever I've done, I've just that's the kind of advice. But no one's given me it. If that yeah, makes sense. Uh-huh. Yeah.
0: <laughs> that's a good answer. I like that. I really like the um, never assume. Never assume. It is, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. But it wasn't
1: at the time. But it stuck with me because he went, never assume, Laura. Mm. And I think he was telling me off. And it was like, and I just remember thinking, I'm never going to assume anything now, ever. And I didn't. I would always check and make sure. um, And you just shouldn't assume because you might be wrong. And also, people, the way people mean things and say things, you might take wrongly, but they might not mean it like that. And communication is the biggest. issue in like business and it's so important as well and even with relationships and how you know someone says something just because they're saying it um they might be saying it and you might be taking it in a way that that's not meant and Mm -hmm. you should never assume that yeah so i thought yeah it's always stuck with me that (laughs) in personal and in business
0: yeah (laughs) if you had the opportunity to speak to the 20 year old you what would you say
1: Just chill, just don't worry as much. um no, I'm never going to be chilled. I'm not a chilled person, and I don't want to be um I would say pressure, I wish I didn't put so much pressure on myself because that caused me to become unwell, and the number one thing is your health in life, and that is something I've learned um, yeah, I wish I hadn't of. Cause myself to be so stressed, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was just out of drive and passion, which I'm thankful for. It's weird. I just um, wish I looked after myself a bit more, um, yeah. mentally and physically, because that is key. Your health is everything. And I learned that when I became really unwell.
2: Uh-huh. Um,
1: and don't get me wrong, I still push myself, and I'm still put my all. My pressure comes from me, doesn't? I'm my family have never put pressure on me. I don't have any pressure like know, if I was to stop everything tomorrow, no one would care, but I do. Yeah. Um, but I think I'm getting better at managing um, my health and becoming more aware of it. Um, and, um, yeah, I'd probably say look after myself. Don't put so much pressure. Um, but looking back, I just went for it. And I'm so pleased I did because I've created... Yeah, so 20-year-old me was nuts. A <laughs> bit more... No, I'm still nuts, but... <laughs> 20-year-old me, I would just be like, thumbs up, but chill out because you're going to burn out. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, yeah, that's probably what I'd say. Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe be a little bit more patient and that it will all... That things happen for reasons and things will come together and fall into place. um, And from crappy things come good things because I'll make it happen. I would have told myself that. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) And you're capable of anything. I would have said that to myself because I was so... I was like, I need to do this, but I tried so hard. Where stuff comes naturally when you're more relaxed, I, I think. Yes, so, yeah. yeah, yeah totally. oh, so many things I would have done. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But <laughs> at the end of the day, I also think, God, you had some balls. I think about some of the stuff I did, and I'm like, Jesus. Bro. So, yeah.
0: If you could change anything in the world, what would it be and why?
1: I'm going to give a really, maybe really hippie answer here. Okay. I would literally get rid of. Um, Any homophobia, racism, um, any like anything that makes people like judges people and makes um, I want to live in a like in a in a world where you can be you and it doesn't matter who you are, like what color your skin is, um, who you love. and you'll be able to create and be free. I am such a hippie answer, but that is, I don't want to live in a world that's so backward like that. Um, mm. I just want to live in a world that, um, yeah, is um, people can be themselves, love who they want, do what they want. I know that if we all did then, did what we want, I know, no, understand no, but, um, I understand that, but that's why I have change. I don't like living in a world that judges yeah. um, and um, that side of things, and I would um, get rid of any rules and laws against um, like like marriage be free everywhere in the world. Yeah, I really hope that in my lifetime um, I'm all for that. Yeah. So that's what I would really change um, and um, I think would make the world a lot better place if we just accepted.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Totally agree. Mm. Great. <laughs> yeah, no, it's been an excellent interview. I really, really Fair. enjoyed it. Your, your energy and your passion just like comes across so strong, which Thank is great. You. Um, and again, I think your story is really, really inspiring. Um, I think the advice that you would have given to your twenty-year-old self still applies. I think you can just take it easy and uh, yeah, you know. I think you're right. I think yeah. that's
1: going to be a lifelong lesson. I'm yeah. going to become like forty and be like Laura. You need to chill. <laughs> I just can't, then. There's like yeah, a burn. Yeah. It's, a, it's just like a burning fire in me that I just don't know where it comes from, but I do like it. Yeah. It keeps me on my toes and I tire <laughs> myself out, I tire everyone around me out. But hey, that's just me. Yeah, it, I
0: suppose knowing how to channel it is your really That's it. You know. And
1: that is the journey and the yeah, life. Yeah. Um my purpose is probably to find out how I'm gonna channel this fire. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's brilliant. Laura, honestly, thank you so much
2: for, thank for being you. a guest. I've loved it. Me too. Great. <laughs> Cheers. Thank you.
1: (laughs)